Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, a podcast series brought to you by the Port Authority of Jamaica, Herb Cement, and the Sajikor Foundation. Impacting Jamaica shines the spotlight on the many, but often ignored, positive happenings, activities, projects, and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate, and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by Grace Kennedy. Hello Jamaica, hello world. Welcome to another Impacting Jamaica podcast. I'm Shelley Ann Harris. Today I have the pleasure of chatting with Dr. Gladys Jem Hyatt. Clarendonian by birth, Dr. Hyatt is a respected educator with a wealth of experience working with young people. She has served the juvenile and lay magistrates court in Spanish Town and has provided counsel to many troubled children and parents in Jamaica. For all her amazing work with the youth, Dr. Hyatt was duly recognized by the Governor General's Program of Excellence. And so it is now my pleasure to chat with this outstanding Jamaican. Dr. Hyatt, welcome to Impacting Jamaica. Thank you. From all of your experience with young people, what would you say are the number one and two problems that young people face in Jamaica right now? And, and perhaps what are some of the solutions that you would recommend? Because you, you have spent so much time with young people in the school system, in the, you know, in the juvenile system and so on. I think, you know, the family deterioration. I think that's one of the problems. The te- deterioration in the family. Daddy's not there. Mommy sometimes not there. The young, these young, these teenagers who are having children, they themselves need it, so they have no time. So we have a deteriorating family problem there, right? Parents just too busy for their children. Parents have no time, and these are the parents who say they are uncontrollable. And this is why I think I try to reach them in many ways, as I said, try to listen to the parents and realize they are too busy for the children. I try to talk with them myself. So I'll have sessions with the parents as well. So, because I realized that helping the parents, you know, with psychosocial, help them in some way to help themselves, not just the young ones, even the older ones, they themselves are busy out there. You know, I remember this girl who, she was at Fort Augusta just 12, and she would just keep crying, crying, crying. And one day the supervisor told me that she said, when she get out of there, the first person she's going to kill is our mother. And I asked of a session with her and I spoke with her and she told me just what was happening why she's against her mother Mm. what I did I called in the mother and I spoke with her and I have been saying through the to the correctional service through these children these homes I've been saying you need to give more attention to the parents you need to start calling them in and counsel them and find out why their children are uncontrollable they are saying their children are uncontrollable and why a child would reach to the stage. Yes, she want to 12, kill her mother. Yes. 12, 12. And she, while she was there at Fort Augusta, she heard that she got the common entrance to high school. And she's not Fort Augusta. The child was just crying, 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 crying. Like she was going to hurt herself. So I'll take it up on my head, go there, talk with her. And when things seemed, and I told her I'm going to talk with the mother. And I called in the mother, Miss Harris, and that mother wept before me that day. Myself and one of the officers from the from mm. the, the children. So she wept bitterly, and so on. She and the yes. daughter and I got them to hug each other and promise that things will be better. So I think they need some form of psychosocial themselves. They need mm. some form of help to help their children 
fit better in the society. You, do right? you think a part of it is also just being heard, um, both the child and the parent, in terms of hearing just where they are with, with, with their, as you said, psychosocial issues? Yes. You mean if someone would listen to them? Yes. Try to help? Yes. It works, man. I'm telling you, that works. I do the same thing. When I was at um, chairman at the, the, the Women's South Camp Road, I used to call in some of the parents just to say, I'll just get the, super, um, super, the superintendent's permission and call in some of the parents and just meet them one-to-one, -one, talk mm -hmm. with them. And it's amazing. They, they, oh, they would tell you thanks, they appreciate it. No one has ever spoken to me like this. And so that is it. You know, the, the helping. So although my passion is for these young people, now and again I have to call in the parents and talk yeah. with them, I said. Yeah. So I used to go like to the police station in my community and these guys would be making lots of noise and I would be bargaining with the, with the superintendent. Discover discussion to allow me to talk with some of them. And I would do that too. Wow. So, so allowing them to feel, allowing these marginalized, these underprivileged to feel like they are a part of society mm -hmm. means a lot. The motivation you are going to give to them, the way you communicate with them means a lot, right? Allow them to feel that they are somebody that's important. I'm hearing you say that a part of the solution is validating them yes. as young people, validating yes. their feelings and their experience. I remember there's a school, I'm not going to give it a name, there's a school in Portmore where children who drop out from high schools, boys and girls are in a place because of their performance. Mm -hmm. I would take that upon my head and go there, drive my vehicle there, park it outside and get in there for weeks to counsel with those students and parents who tell the difference. The teachers would tell me how the parents show these children are being because they were dropouts of school. Mm. And they fit back in and some of them did examine you know, in society feeling like other valuable young people. You know, I'm listening to you and I'm hearing passion in your voice for oh, yes. young people. Where, where does that come from? Where does that drive come from? Is there, is there a story behind why well, you are so passionate? You, I was growing up in the country. At first, I lived with an aunt, and I saw some things that happened to some of those students. And then I went back to live with my parents. No, we were, we were I was grown on a farm in Clarendon, but we were grown with parents who were strict. So we don't just walk the street and behave any, oh, and just get that school up. No. So when I noticed how other students were behaving, I, I, could not, I could not understand. I just could not understand. And when I noticed, as I grow up and they go and become teenagers, and you see some of them on the street, how oh, they behave, I could not behave that way because my parents, especially my father, was so strict, right? But that had, my heart was broken for them. And so from that, when I look at their experience, some of them, when I know the, the experience they had was bad, or when you listen to them or to see what was happening to them. It, it, and so I had a, this, this is what encouraged my passion, apart from seeing them in the church, but I don't know. And leaving from there and continuing to school, continuing to college and just see the difference with some people's behavior, it really, bothers me and so and was determined when I look at some experience of some of these young people when you listen to their experience when you see what is happening to them without, without any dignity discipline because of what is happening at home because of what is happening on the street 
because it was what is happening around them my heart was broken and, and this is what led me this is what led me to to just wherever i go i see them on the street misbehaving i call to them mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I can't explain you're always a teacher right <laughs> yes so i'll call to them i'll say come here you teach your 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 principal will be ashamed to know you are being like this on the street. And you can see some of them. You ever know in a dog, something wrong, and you call to the dog and dog. You ever some of these dogs hung their head down and walk? That's mm -hmm. how some of them. And I don't report some of them to the teacher. Once I show, they show that they are sorry about it. Stayed right there. All of this work that you have done for young people in the classroom as well as in the system and you know in the prison system and so on. You are you have been recognized by the Governor General's program of excellence. Tell me about that and tell me how you feel about that. Matt, let me tell you something. I am feeling proud for this prestigious award. Feeling honored. I feel special. But guess what? I am humbled because there are so many other people out there working and even more than I'm doing that deserve it. So I'm really grateful for it. And it getting it propelled me to go along and serve more. It propels me. Because by then, when I got it, I already had my doctorate, so fine. That's enough. It propels me to go about. So when I serve in the courts as well, serving three different, the child juvenile court, the drug treatment court, I serve in the lay magistrate court. And when I listen to some of the problems in the court, I'll just sometimes say, look, let me talk with that one. I even call some of the parents and say, look, I need to speak with this, that, and that. Mm -hmm. So the, getting the Governor General's award propelled me to do more. You know, I think it, it's such a great um, acknowledgement of your efforts and, you know, congratulations on behalf of all the Jamaicans and everybody listening to this podcast. Congratulations. We really do need more people like you who can really help children, young people to make the right choices you know, so they can impact Jamaica in a positive oh, yes. way, you know. And so now, right now, we are, of course, in a world crisis with the pandemic. And oh, yes. our young people have been out of the system. Well, not out of the system, but out of the classroom um, for over a year now. What advice do you have? Because it's very challenging um, to, to many young people in terms of not having access to a device or the device is a phone or the phone is, is shared between them and others. What, what advice do you have to young people and parents at this time? If I begin first, I have been saying even to my board members at the school, I chair, and I've been saying to others, this too shall pass. And I've been saying to them, let us exchange fear for faith. So instead we're just fearful and it's hurting us mentally and otherwise, let us build our faith a little more in the good father. When I think of what is happening, if you notice, they're saying now there are 60, I think it's something like 60,000 children. Since they are now, there's no face-to-face -face classes going on now in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. They are saying, I think it's, I just, I hope I'm getting it right, you know. But it's thousands of children out there who the ministry cannot find. Right. So what is happening to them? Thousands of them are out there. So I'm thinking, and I know some of them are in really deep rural Jamaica. They don't know what it is to have internet, much less to have tablets and iPhone and all that. So it's a problem out there. So yes, I'll say to the government, yes, you need to do more to help them. But I know at the school, again, where I chaired at school board, we got enough tablets that we're able to give back some that they used to give them on to other schools. 
So I am simply saying it's going to continue to be a problem. Government should ensure the quickest possible time to ensure that the internet access is available to all students. If you and I know this will take some time. It's easier said than done, right? So we think of all of them out there who are having problems. When I, in the community I live, sometimes you just see a number of the boys riding the bicycle up and down on the street and join themselves, right? So I think, yes, government has, has to try and play a better role by trying as much as possible to see if they can get internet. Since COVID is here, we're not sure how long it is here to stay for. Get internet in some of these remote areas by some means or the other. At the same time, we need to meet some of these parents. Some of them are now on the street begging. I spoke with my principal and tell you some of the parents and they tell you they have nothing to give the children to eat. They have to be out there asking for help. And it's all because of COVID. Children are at home. They are not at school. Many of them not getting any benefit. I think what we should continue to do, the psychosocial, whatever is happening out there, we just have to continue to support each other. I can't just sit down and say, I'm leaving it to government. If I can call my neighbor and find out what is happening at my neighbor's home with her two children, and if I can offer some help, that's what I'm doing, right? And so we need, we need to have more of that, where we support each other, listen to each other's problem, find help, help, support one another, and realize that this teacher passed over the years, long before, I am around and you. We long for th these, we have been having catastrophes. We have been having, so COVID-19 is not the first. This is coming from a way back. It too shall pass. So we just need to be there for one another, to encourage one another, and to help our, to be our brother's keeper. Simple put it that way. Mm, yes. Help me to be my brother's keeper. If I can do that and help somebody as I pass along, I have a neighbor where I help and I don't go to my bed unless I call to ask her, did you have something to eat? Mm -hmm. And really and truly, that's what you're saying that, I mean, not just the students, but we all as Jamaicans need to be more neighborly at this time and yes, every day, day, actually. So I don't feel good too. And if I, there are some boys on the street and I'll call them, I'll call them and say to them, you're sure you're all right? Yes, Miss Sir. Yes, Mr. Morrison. And I say, look, if you have a problem, come and let me know. And I'll tell the parents too. If this child is giving trouble, let me know. And I'll walk to the home if I, if it sounds like there's a, something going on over that home, what is strange. Excuse me, as a justice of the peace now, I am going over there to find out. Mm -hmm. You know, um, even as we face a world pandemic, we are also facing quite a bit of violence in our society. Um, oh, yes. Usual oh, yes. violence, domestic mm -hmm. violence, um, kidnapping of or young people and so on. Is there anything that, you know, you've described a lot in terms of listening to your young people and just intercepting certain bad behaviors from early, but is there anything you want to say about that, the violence that we're now facing in our country? Well, it is there and let me tell you, there's a school not far from me and I realized, talking with, uh, with the guidance counselor, that because we need to begin from there, that there were some boys in the school who were uncontrollable. Matter how she talk with them, matter how the teacher talk with them, they just behave, just do anything before the teacher. And I can't tell you something she told me. And I said, look, you let me talk with them. I said, put up an appointment and went and counseled them for a while and lies with the, with the counselor to see what is happening. And she's satisfied that some of them are much better. So since we are the 
brothers keeper, we're going to offer as much help as we can. Just a quick example. One morning, I, I saw a young man passing my gate with a little boy and he was cursing, you know, cursing and he's on his way to the police station. And my, my father said, man said, what is happening? And he said, the mother took up the child saying, come to me for the weekend. And she and she gone about her business. And she was, he was getting on, you know, getting on. And I spoke to him and I said, calm down. He went to the school and took the child from the school because he's taking the child to leave the child, police station to police. And I said, calm down. And I said, take back the child to school, just near to exam. Take back the little boys now, take him back to school. And let me talk with you. And I spoke with him, advised him what and all like that. And I said, when the little boy comes tomorrow, I would like to speak with him. And when I talk with the little, little, boy, little boy, I found out that his father was the problem, not his mother. And I called him and I spoke with him. And the other day, sometime, some months ago, surprise, who came asking me to help him with a recommendation and to assist him with recommendation and something else. And thanks again for what I've done. Again, I heard another one beating a little one nearby on the play field, beating him. And I mm -hmm. called him and I said, what is happening? Leave the home from when and she can't find him. And mm -hmm. I said, that's not how you deal with it. I said, that's not how you solve the problem. And I talk with her and I talk with the child. And I said, if there's another problem, let me know. If not, I'm going to report it to the police or I'm going to call CD because that's child abuse. So this is, uh, this is how I, I, I try to follow it up and try to be there for them. I, I was there one morning. I heard a little girl. There's this little girl and she was crying, you know, because you have tenants, some people... I'm living in Bridgeport in Portland. You have some people in the house. This little girl crying and I heard like somebody hitting her. And I called over there and asked what's happening. The mother beating her as so she went to bed. Mm. I challenged the lady and tell her to tell her if she do it again, I'm going to report her. Just like that. I never heard it again. Another father, one evening, him grabbing some, slammed the door and just a beat. Do that. Little boy at nine. Do that. Do and, and notice he did it again. He's a very miserable guy. He was very miserable, like to quarrel. Team and people always having problem. And this little, you've not seen well, I'm very tiny. Take my little tiny tail, walk to the house. And I say, I've listened to you on several times. You were just slammed the door and beating a child. And I say, I'm a just of the peace. And I say, I'm for peace in the community. And I say, I do not like the way you're treating a child. If you do it again, I'm going to report it. I've never heard him again. The child's mother was so nice. Whoever she said me, she called me. She was so happy that somebody spoke. You know, Dr. Hyatt, a question here that I'm wondering if other Jamaicans would have in their mind of just, if you don't feel afraid, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Let me not you see, because, may I say something? It's in the neighborhood and not bragging, but they're respecting it still. Okay, great. I know there's a respect there because this one I'm talking about, he and his family, sisters are always at war. And I remember one day I called him over here and sit him down, call him over his home. And they weren't living far from call him and sit him down and talk with him. Tell him they cannot continue. As soon as we die of heart attack, you cannot continue like that. And that was it. I've never heard him behave like that again. No, you have to. You have. There was this, there was this, this young lady who ran to the part of her house and the and challenging her what, what I'm going to do to her. And she came here with tears. Because she's afraid. And I went around and I spoke to the tenant, the mother and her two sons. And anyway, they see me there calling to me. Spoke to them when I don't have prayed with them and left. And now when I don't recognize them, they are shouting me. No. Let me tell you, I am not doing this for self-praise. I feel I'm doing the Lord's work. That's how the Lord would have done it. And I want to represent him well. And Awesome stuff, Dr. Hyatt. I want to know and by asking you to share three cool things about Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite spot and why? 
your favorite person and why, and finally your favorite food and why. And I saw them, I loved. <laughs> All right, my favorite spot is in my backyard. I enjoy when I get home or on holiday, so get around to my backyard, take a folding chair, and I just sit under one of those. As Papa special tree there, I'll sit under it hmm. and meditate. Meditate, and I'll observe nature. I look at the birds flying around. I look at the sky. I look at the clouds, the shape of the clouds sometimes. And mm -hmm. it brings, it's amazing what it does to me. So trust me, if I'm in the house and in the house, they thought, come warm up the street. The road was miserable, the traffic. I just feel it, it's a relief to get around there. Take that folding chair and sit around there and get some food and observe all that is happening. Number two, <laughs> my favorite person. Let me go quickly this. I've served with three custodians, three of them, and they're all dignified, admire them. All of them did their work well and still doing the work well. But there was a female custodian. I'm not going to call her name. She's just outstanding. She's just a people person. She's quite, she's gracious, generous, level of generosity. She's, um, she shows gratitude. She doesn't believe because she is a custos. Her hand cannot be dirty like yours. That's the sort of a person it is. A person, mm -hmm. she knows how to lead, how to collaborate. Call her anytime. And if you did not get her and she sees that number, she's going to return your call. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to call her name. Okay. <laughs> and finally, know your favorite food and why. <laughs> I, I, could not decide. I, could not, I could not decide whether it's two peas or it's steamed fish. It's Ooh, two great choices, though. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I really enjoy my bowl of stew peas and mm -hmm. I enjoy my steamed fish with my vegetables. Please choose one. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll just have some stew peas with a little steamed fish on the side for you. <laughs> Thank you. Dr. Hyatt, it's been my pleasure to speak with you for our podcast, Impacting Jamaicans. You are indeed an impacting Jamaican, making our country and our world a better place. Thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Impacting Jamaica was brought to you by the Port Authority of Jamaica, Harib Cement, and the Sajikor Foundation. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email at impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on SoundCloud, Google Podcast, Stitcher, or on Deezer. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com. Impacting Jamaica is powered by Grace Kennedy.